I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This is Off Topic Hot Topic, a bonus episode of the Hunting Season podcast. I'm Damask Leary. And I'm Broderick Gordis. Let's get to it. Off Topic Hot Topic. Uh, That's whatever you were talking about for you. No news in fuller this week, so let's just get straight into some headlines. Mm. Starting with Queer Eye will return to Netflix for its fourth season on July 19th. Mm-hmm. So what, that's about a month away from the mm-hmm. day of recording this. Uh, it's also been announced it will be renewed for a season five, which will begin production on June 24th in Philadelphia and will premiere sometime in 2020. How do you feel about this, Damask? Um, so you've probably watched more Queer Eye than I have. Mm-hmm. Probably I'd say 80% of it. Like yeah. dipping in and out here and there when other people are watching in my house. Yeah. Yeah. I'll watch episodes here and there. Yeah. Are we have we not? Do we need to keep going? I think I said the last time I watched it, I would happily have them release like what is it, six, eight episodes or whatever mm-hmm. every six months for the rest of my life and just like dip in, watch a couple episodes, feel a bit, you know, feel good. Give a reminder about self-care and then move on and do it again six months later. I have no problems with that. Okay. I understand that it's been done. Yeah, like, I think I just like, there's only so much hope I can like absorb. You don't know? give me hope. <laughs> What's that true. from? There was, a, there was a quote recently. It was like, just don't, don't, don't do it. Don't give me hope. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, you can only so much hope you can absorb. Well, and also, it, yeah, I mean, I do like it in like tiny... Dribs, dribs and drabs, but I just find it very American and very sure. like if you dream it, you can be it. Sure. And I find it makes me slightly uncomfortable when I watch it. All right. So mm. you find do you find it a little bit cynical in that sense, or a little bit? I find me cynical. Sure. <laughs> Unrealistic, or maybe uh, what's the word? Give it. You said hope, I suppose, like false expectations or false. Yeah, I don't know. It's just like there's just so much goodness that I just it makes. I don't know. It makes me uncomfortable sometimes. You not don't all the trust time. it. It's not that I don't trust. I think the people that are living that and doing that are, are truly they're in it. It just makes me uncomfortable. Interesting that they're willing to be filmed while being so vulnerable. <laughs> sure, sure. Okay, interesting. Well, I'm looking forward to watching <laughs> That's it anyway. Good. Uh, also, something worth noting: we already knew Veronica Mars, the quirky Kristen Bell starring detective series, uh, had been revived for a new season in mm. first season in more than a decade. In fact, mm-hmm. we now know it will be premiering on Hulu on July 26th. So that is also, as of recording, just over a month away. Uh, that is Trey exciting. Trey, Trey, Trey exciting. Yeah. So, when was the last time you watched Veronica Mars? I think it's probably been a good six years since I actually last watched it, yeah. Because apparently the first three seasons will be available to watch as of July 1st on Hulu as well. And I haven't watched a single thing. And also, we don't get Hulu in yeah, Australia, so, so that's <laughs> a struggle Why give me that useless information? <laughs> um, yes, because I used to have it on David Days. Um, but I don't anymore. So I haven't watched it in years. I did watch the movie. I paid for the movie. Yeah, that's right. Because that was a Kickstarter sort of mm-hmm. thing, wasn't it? How was the movie? It's awful. It's awful. terrible. Awful. Um, but you have hope for the new series. I do. Yeah. It, well, it's got a budget. Mm. 
And the trailer I saw looked good. It looked promising. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm very excited. I'll always have time for Veronica Mars. It was one of my favourite shows for a very long time and still is. Like, it's got a huge, like, part of my heart. Mm. Ideally, mm. what does this new season look like? What does it have to do that maybe the movie didn't do right or that is going to make it worth coming back for, do you think? I think having um, a mystery slash crime that is actually interesting and intriguing and something that would challenge someone like Veronica Mars, who is, such, is of such high intelligence, that's what you need. Sure. Because like, the first season, I think, is one of the best um, first seasons ever. It's wow. so good. Um, and really a big part of that is there was like a mystery, a crime that was like really personally affected Veronica Mars mm-hmm. and yeah, had a big impact on her life. And it was, you know, it was a big one and a hard one for her to kind of figure out and wrap her mind around. And she did cause she's just fucking amazing. Can it, cause it's, it's a teen detective show, right? Mm. In the original series. Yeah. Can it transition into this much more adult thing and still have still work? I think the characters were teens, but I don't think it was a teen show. Okay, sure. Yeah. But I think about like Buffy, and there are some Mm. people who think that Buffy sort of peaked by like season three and sort of in a lot of ways ended, you know, if not at high school, at least by season five. Mm. They they transitioned into adulthood, maybe didn't work for every viewer. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, you and I both know there are lots of great episodes that come (laughs) later on in Buffy's uh, run. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I think that transition out of like a high school type of drama is always interesting. And with like shows where we start off in, you know, teenagehood and then we move into adulthood, that's all... <clears throat> when they're in college, mm. it's really the college years that break shows. It is, isn't it? College, for um, some reason, does not translate. I don't know so what it is. a show like One Tree Hill, which certainly got, I mean, it was never great, but it certainly got super terrible in the later seasons. But it, it the, he's now like a weird rapey Me Too dude. But the guy who oh. was the showrunner of that show knew that. And so he literally just skipped college fast forward until they were out of college and moving back home, which ah, I think is a smart decision. So I think we just like, that is smart. we've like skipped, co- I mean, you did have one season of college in Veronica Mars and it's not good, Yeah, um, but we've skipped that. So now they're just adults. Sure. And you already have someone, the main character who, yeah, is like a film noir detective that, that fits in an adult world. It's like, she's a very cynical person. Um, yeah. I, 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 I have no worries about that. Are you going to go out of your way to watch this new season? Yeah. As soon as it comes out? Absolutely. Sweet. Look forward to hearing all about it. Uh, Other news. Russian Doll, a show that we love that came out on Netflix earlier this year. Indeed. Has been renewed for a second season. Mm -hmm. Literally no other details at this time. Um, And so a lot of speculation as to what that could be. Without spoiling anything, feels pretty self-contained the first season. Yeah, it does. Uh, We felt that way about other shows like End of the Fucking World, which has also got a second season coming as Mm -hmm. well. Um, how do you feel about Russian Doll getting a season two? I mean, I don't think it needed it, but mm-hmm. if they think they've got more story to tell, that's cool. I mean, there—I guess there's certainly plenty to mine there. I mean, there's the a, way the universe is built, it's literal endless possibilities. Sure. So, yeah, if they've got a cool story there, sure. I—I I mean, I didn't expect much from Russian Doll season one. I got a whole lot. Mm-hmm. I'm very thankful. So, and I trust the creators thus far. So, yeah, I definitely trust the creators as well. What they did, they like you said, they had there was a lot in that first season. They did so much with it. I trust that they understand what made the first season work and what maybe to avoid doing this second time around. Mm. Um, 
Yeah, I think there are definitely some traps they could fall into. But if they manage to navigate that and find a new and interesting story to tell, definitely excited for it. Mm-hmm. I, I go in very optimistic about yep. season two. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also saw a really cute video earlier this week on Twitter of um, Natasha Leone and Amy Poehler. Yeah. In which Amy Poehler does a Natasha Leone impression and it was just magical. It made me so happy. Is it longer than that one minute video that was? I don't care. That one minute was all I needed and I retweeted it. I was like, this is the best thing that's happened all week. Good morning, Damask. Mm-hmm. That was a good it, morning. It was a great morning. Uh, other news. Gina Davis is joining Glow for season three. Mm. Uh, mm, 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 mm. <laughs> uh, you seem excited about that, Demand. I am so excited. So, like, this is like all my childhood dreams coming true. <laughs> like, I loved wrestling as a kid. Mm-hmm. Got these awesome ladies who were doing amazing wrestling. And then you have the star of my favorite movie growing up, League mm. of Their Own, who's joining the cast. Fuck yes. It doesn't sound like a perfect match when I heard that oh, news. Oh, so, fuck. Amazing. So good. I'm, I'm so excited. And there was also a teaser trailer for the new season. Full of gayness. Full of gayness. So much well, gayness. Well, there's maybe like 0.1% of gayness, but I was, that was like, it's chock-a-block full of gayness. <laughs> Look at this. Made Relatively full of gayness. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. how's it looking to you based on that, that little trailer oh, we got? And the music. Oh, and the people I love and relationships are developing. Things are moving. Oh, my God. I'm in. Uh, I'm looking for. It looks like they're leaning into the bash stuff, which I expected after mm-hmm. season two because they sort of left the bash things in an interesting place. We had a big discussion about that in our review <sighs> episode. Uh, I let came away a little bit worried from that trailer that there might be a lot of Ruth mm. and Sam stuff. Oh, but you know it's not going to be good. Uh, uh, sure, you know it's not. Our our girl Ruth, she got a lot to learn. <laughs> she got a lot to learn, Brod, and she's going to learn real hard. Yeah. Real hard. <laughs> no, nah, I don't care. I'm so pumped. You can't bring me down. No, no, I'm, Cannot I'm bring me down. super excited. I've loved I'm both seasons. I'm flying high over here. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm looking forward to it in a big <laughs> way. Can't wait to review it on the podcast. Uh, our next uh, story, we would have got to it anyway. Um, I'm sure we'd have found it eventually. But this is actually submitted to mm. us, sent by GJ Corbin, a very faithful listener of the show. GJ. Uh, if you would like to submit a... Uh, something to off topic, hot topic, a discussion, no a question, porn, or something. You perverts. <laughs> please email us at contact at huntingseasonspodcast.com or tweet us at huntingscast, which is exactly what Corbin did. Uh, he sent us, sent me directly, actually, this this article. Wow, rude. Thanks. FX's Why the Last Man adaptation has found its new showrunner. Because he uh, understands. That makes sense why he said it. He <laughs> understands <laughs> the how, love. how much. I need this news. Mm, the uh, love between a broad and a why the last man. It's a sacred exactly. thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I found out a couple of months ago, I think from Steve, one of our other listeners, that it looked like the show was not going to happen. Mm. Turned out, thankfully, it was just that the showrunners had left. And now we have a new showrunner. So I'm going to read a little bit of this article via Leslie Goldberg at The Hollywood Reporter. Eliza Clark has been tapped to take over for original showrunners Ada Kroll and Michael Green. The Disney-owned Basic Cable Network announced Tuesday. Why remains on track for an adaptation... Uh, sorry, anticipated 2020 debut. A decade ago, I devoured the complete Why the Last Man series cover to cover, imagining how it might take shape on screen, said Clark. It introduced me to the amazing work of Brian K. Vaughan and Pia Guerra and the complex, fascinating world of Why. I'm thrilled to tell this story and to be working with this immensely talented cast because the cast hasn't changed. The cast that was originally brought together by uh, mm-hmm. Green and uh, Kroll is 
the same. That's good. Uh, Clark's TV writing credits, because I'd never heard of her before, uh, include executive producing TNT's Animal Kingdom, which I haven't watched. I've seen mm. the original movie quite liked it, but I haven't watched the series. Uh, AMC's The Killing and Rubicon and CBS space drama Extant. As a playwright, her credits include Quack, Edgewise, Recall, and Future Thinking. So... Fair to say, I've never come across her work before, really. Me either. Mm. But there's stuff there that makes me quite confident or uh, optimistic. Animal Kingdom, I haven't heard bad things about it. It's got a couple of seasons now, I think, so that's mm-hmm. good. Um, the Killing, a lot of people seem to like The Killing, the I think. The first season. The yeah. first season, at least. <clears throat> and overall, just hearing that she is a long-time fan of the series makes me encouraged. She's not just someone that's come along and I had to research and read up on this. And oh, I really loved like getting through it. She's been with this for a while. She talks about like mm. having imagined what this would be like as a TV series. Feel ya on that one. Know exactly what <laughs> you mean. So, honestly, sounds cool. The show's still happening. I'm excited. Still worried. This mm-hmm. this production mm-hmm. has been troubled for a while. What um channel is it on? Uh, FX. Yeah. FX. Yeah. Right. Um. And so there's always At least that- it's not stars. Yeah, true. There's always that worry that something you want to happen and been wanting and wanting and wanting and you see it struggling and struggling to be made. There's so much anticipation for it to arrive that it won't be any good when it gets here. Mm-hmm. That I have that, but I really think it can be adapted into a good TV show. I really think it's in there. And I'm really happy it's a, it's a woman that's going to be the showrunner. Yeah. Because the series is 99.9999999% women. Mm-hmm. In the cast. It's a good idea to make sure the writers are too. I think it makes sense, yeah. Yeah. Uh, any thoughts on that at all? I'm happy for you, buddy. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, the Good Place to end with its fourth season. Mm. So, I'm going to... First of all, how do you feel about that news? That this is going to be the last season of The Good Place. We've reviewed the first three seasons. We'll be reviewing the fourth with Sean Kirkpatrick, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about this news? I think it makes sense. I think it's exactly what we wanted, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's, we predicted it. We did. Yeah. There was there was always talk that it was meant to be four seasons. Oh, was there? I I think that was like there was somewhere along the line, maybe during season two, mm. Mike show suggested this is like oh, we've yes, got a I four season that. plan. Yeah, thank you for reminding me. Yes. Um, I think it's smart and I'm looking forward to seeing them wrap it up. Because um, I think, yeah, it's always the fear with American shows. Like, you guys just don't know how to limit yourselves. Um and yeah, so they've they're doing it and I'm very happy. What are your thoughts? Um I'm really happy. Mm. I'm really happy because I thought season three for me was the weakest season so far. And it felt like this is a show that could have a really strong ending. It mm. was heading in a to a to a destination, I thought. Mm-hmm. And if they did the the right thing for the show, they would end it mm. and end it well and not try and drag this out. And I really respect that decision. Mm -hmm. And I'll read from Mike Scher's Twitter post about this too. After The Good Place was picked up for season two, the writing staff and I began to map out, as best we could, the trajectory of the show. Given the ideas we wanted to explore and the pace at which we wanted to present those ideas, I began to feel like four seasons, just over 50 episodes, was the right lifespan. At times over the past few years, I've been tempted to go beyond four seasons, but mostly because making this show is a rare creative fulfilling joy. At the end of the day, we don't want to tread water just because the water is so warm and pleasant. I thought that was a really good quote. Mm-hmm. Uh, as such, the upcoming fourth season will be its last. Uh, yeah, and so he just goes on to thank NBC and uh, the cast of The Good Place and so forth. But I th- really liked his reasoning behind that. And I thought that quote about, yeah, don't just keep making it because it's fun to make. Yeah. 
like understand when your story is ready to go and move on. Mm. That was pretty cool. I mean, which is an incredibly hard thing to say goodbye to like a workplace or a creative project that you're like, this is fun. But yeah, but then in the end, just killing your own baby. Yeah. So smart decision. Uh, some more news. Rob mm. McKelleny. McKelleny. I can't say his name. The guy from uh, <laughs> Always Sunny from Phil. <coughs> the creator. Creator. Mm-hmm. Is he in the show as well? Yes. Yeah. What's his, what's his character in the show? Oh, fuck. Mac. Mac. Sorry. All right. I can think was the word fat, but there's a reason for that. But yeah, Mac. That's an mm-hmm. episode. That's a season, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Right. I've heard about that. Big Mac. Yeah. Is yeah. that right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, is an egotistical game designer in the first tease of this Apple show Mythic Quest. So, I'll try and uh, explain this as quickly as I can. During E3, this big video game week of like news and press conferences and stuff. During Nerds. Ubisoft's press conference, Rob, blah, 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 came on stage and presented the first trailer for this TV show he's making for Apple TV+. Plus. Mm-hmm. There's about this game design company that's making this big, massive multiplayer online game, Mythic Quest. And he showed a trailer, and I've just showed it to you recently. The reason I wanted to talk about this was A, video games and video game stuff being adapted into TV shows and movies has not gone well in the past traditionally. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, this is the first, I think, real proper glimpse at like Apple's TV stuff that we've seen. What I know they're going to be bringing. I, I think mm. they had a press conference not long ago and there were some vagaries in there, mm-hmm. but this was a pretty direct like trailer mm-hmm. or at least teaser trailer for a show. Uh, you've watched the trailer now. What did you think? I have. Um, I really like Rob McCutter. Thank you. Um, and I loved him. Always Sunny. It was a, a perfect show. Uh, so Still I, going, isn't it? Yes, I believe. Yeah. Dennis is working on. Oh, I don't know. Um, I think I'm like two seasons behind. But yes, it'll be up to like I don't know season fifteen. He was saying so. he's been doing this for fourteen years. Yeah, it's yeah. insane. Um. But, I've, yeah, I'm yet to see a bad season. Anyway, so I'm really excited that he's working on a new project. It, yeah, I was like, oh, this is cute. Um, it seemed a little unclear at the beginning as to exactly what it was. Mm-hmm. And then cut to a moment towards the end of the trailer, like, oh, okay, I think I understand. Uh, yeah, a vague idea of what it is. Um, I finished, I was like, yeah, that looks fine. And then... You said to me, like, it looks really cheap, doesn't it? And I was like, yeah, it does. My initial impression is that looking at what we got, it looks like something that should belong on YouTube. Yeah, like a YouTube red show. Yeah. Mm. It just doesn't look like it's got much of a budget. Yeah. Which doesn't necessarily a bad thing. I think shows can not have massive budgets and still be very good. Mm -hmm. But for the Apple's new streaming service, it seemed odd. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, seemed weird. And it definitely seems like it's going to be that sort of workplace comedy, but instead yeah. of being in you know, an office or something like that, it's going to be inside this game studio centered around the employees, around this egotistical like head of design of this game, mm-hmm. which I think the video game industry has got a lot of potential to do that. I can see that being a ritual of humor that both is for gamers and for people who don't give a shit about games. Mm-hmm. And some of the cast is really interesting as well. Danny Pudi's in this. I like Danny Pudi. Uh, Ashley Birch is meant to be in this. You're not aware of her, but nope. she's like an internet personality and a voice actor. And she's been involved with video games and comedy and stuff for quite a while. She's quite funny. So, there's stuff there that I'm excited about. But yeah, it was just a weird sort of coming out party mm. for this 
show. I don't know. I was left unimpressed and a bit worried about what Apple's making a little bit at the end of this as well. Yeah. But, you know, teasers, for, especially for comedy. Yeah. Who knows? And maybe it was just a bit of like a rust job. Let's put something out there. E3 is coming be. up. Yeah, let's put it together. That, that could be it as well. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Uh, or just one more thing based on E3 as well. The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild is getting a sequel, everybody, and I'm fucking so excited. Woohoo! Just so excited. You've <laughs> played Zelda. You've yeah. played this game. It's the only game I own. It's the only game you own? Yeah, because I refuse to buy another game until I finish it. Oh, jeez, you, you won't have to buy anything for a long time. I won't You've have to buy it until second Breath of the Wild 2, <laughs> whatever it's going to be called. Uh, sure. But, man, I, I, you shouldn't watch it until you finish that game. Okay. But, boy, am I excited. Especially, I just find the divine beast so hard. I can help you with those if you want. I can <laughs> okay. help you. We can right. co-op that. Thank you. But I will say one thing that made me really excited about that: mm. you might get to play Zelda. It that, looks that like you is might play very Zelda. Exciting. Fuck yeah! Which, if true, makes me very happy. Let's move on though. Uh, Damask, what have you got for us? I don't have a reality check this week. Aww. But I've got another segment. Oh. It's called Gay Watch. Ooh. Playing on the word Baywatch. Yeah. Now wow. Yet. Thank you. Brilliant. Oh, swish. Uh, <laughs> and it's not for any other reason. I was like, hmm, let's think of a new segment. It was just because I watched a lot of gay shit this, this week. <laughs> so. <laughs> so you just slapped a new name on this just to. Pretty much. I'm like, let's, let's act as though there was some sort of theme. Um, the first one I watched was Tales of the City. This is a Netflix show that is a sequel to a Channel 4 in the UK show, which was a miniseries that was made in 1993. Also called Tales of the City? Yes, which was based on a series of books. Okay. Um, It's about a bunch of people that live in a house in San Fran. Okay. They're a diverse bunch from every part of the LGBTQI plus community. Mm -hmm. So I was like, oh, this is going to be really heartwarming and beautiful. Are they going to have their own streaming service as well? Yes. Okay. Plus, <laughs> good one. That's good. Um, you should tweet something. <laughs> workshop it first, and then tweet it. Sorry, yeah, well. Um, <laughs> anyway, as I was watching, I was like, "Oh, this is gonna be cute and queer and lovely." And I kept watching. And I kept watching, and I just couldn't help but think, "This is not great." And I figured that maybe I needed to watch the original series. Mark, clearly, there's a lot going on that I'm missing. Sure. I was like, "That's the issue," and that's that's my that's my own bad. That's why I'm missing all these things. But my girlfriend watched it and she loved it. Mm. She hasn't watched the original. My housemate watched it and he loved it. And I was like, what 
is going on? What is wrong with me? And then I was like, they probably just have terrible taste. That, obviously. I mean, they're it's friends the and lover of, of me. So maybe that's what it is. And I just really want to use the word lover. Um, <laughs> and so loquaciously as well. Thank I loved you. it. Thank you so much. Um, and then I looked online and the people online were really enjoying it. And it's just beyond me. I don't get it. There are some fine performances, but there are some truly terrible and what I find offensive performances. Not offensive to like the gay community. I just think if you're going to be an actor, you should know how to act. Sure. Um, Seems fair. The writing is horrific. Okay. It's so, so terrible. It's filled with half-baked characters. There's this mystery plot that apparently you're meant to care about, but it's not very interesting or well laid out. And it's about... There's a woman who owns the house they all live in called Mrs. Madrigal. You're meant to care about her. And perhaps in the original miniseries, they tell you why you're meant to care about her. Right. But otherwise, you really have no other reason other than the fact that she's old and falls asleep outside all the time. But the mystery is about her and, like, who cares? Um, it's like... Oh, and then the resolution for that mystery feels exactly like a you pesky kids scene from, like, Scooby-Doo. It's just... Truly, truly terrible. I do not recommend that you watch it. And I get that it's a queer story and maybe that's enough for a lot of people. That's cool. No sure. judgment. But I would like more this, from queer stories. This, and it's just, it's fucking, it's terrible. This happens sometimes. And it's like, like sometimes you just don't click with things. Things that people think mm. you're going to love or mm-hmm. things that you expect you're going to like, you mm-hmm. don't. So many people I know love Gavin and Stacey, and I've tried to watch that a bunch of times. I just mm. just don't don't click with it really. Fair just enough. I don't hate I it. Like, I just don't love it. I just can't really get into it. There's like plenty of like truly terrible like queer movies out there. Like sure. just some of the worst things you could ever lay your eyes on. Just horror shows. Um, but like you know, and while it's like yay queer storytelling, there's a general consensus that yes they're bad. Mm. People just seem to like this, and I don't. I don't understand, but that's fine. I've got okay. to let it, I'm letting it go. But it's had to air my grievances and now I'm letting it go. Good. That's it. It's out there now. <sighs> With <Away>. the wind. <sighs> yeah, that's it. Do your breathing exercise. But uh, for another gay watch, <laughs> I, did, I watched the film The Miseducation of Cameron Post. Mm-hmm. Um, I purchased it. Purchased. Yes, I rent. I rented iTunes? it. I rented it. Yes, like a real adult. <laughs> um, and this movie is good. Ooh, okay. Yeah. Now it's about a young lesbian who's sent to a gay conversion camp after she's caught with her girlfriend, and that might sound exactly like the premise of But I'm a Cheerleader, which I'm sure, Brad, you haven't watched. Nope. It's Natasha Leone. It's really, really fun. You told good. me about this one recently. Yeah, we were talking about Russian Doll. It's actually, one of my favorite queer films. Um, but that's like very much a kind of super campy comedy. Mm-hmm. This is not that. Um, it's based on a book <clears throat> and it is truly a heartbreaking movie, but it's heartbreaking without being emotionally manipulative, which okay. I really like. It felt really genuine. Um, it stars Chloe Grace Moretz. Oh, yeah. Um, and she plays the titular role with this awkward teen queerness that is well, pitch perfect. She's incredible. Um, her performances. It's, yeah, it's really, really good. And it's also has some of the most realistic lesbian sex I've seen. Mm. It's not male gazy or over the top. It's actually really sweet and sexy and just, it's really, really good. Um, yeah, because fuck scenes like what they have in blue is the warmest colour. Like that shit, it's, 
that scene made me laugh. Everyone's like, oh, it's amazing. I'm like, it's not. It's absurd, the kind of sex they have in that I movie. I never saw it, but what, was Carol any good with that stuff or was that the same sort of you thing? You don't really see a whole lot okay. in Carol. Um, it's just like a kiss and then they're in bed, but you uh. don't really see a whole lot. Um, but yeah, this is like, yeah, two people, like queer people having sex for the first time. It's a little awkward, but just like really exciting. Mm-hmm. And it's, yeah, it's just quite sweet. Um, anyway, so all of that is most definitely helped by the fact that it's written and directed by Desiree Akavan. I'm sorry if I said that wrong, of The Bisexual. Um, oh. Yeah, so she stars in The Bisexual and she wrote The Bisexual. Yeah. I was like, remember, which, I, which something else. Which we planned else, to review and never got around I to know, in the end. Yeah. Terrible. But I did love that show and I recommend everyone watch it. And if you like The Bisexual, watch this, the Miseducation of Cameron Post and vice versa because cool. she's doing some really cool work. Excellent. I've got a third gay watch. Oh, my goodness. I've had a real gay time. Jeez. You gay give them time. gay marriage and now they want to do I'm three different... I'm out of control. Different... <laughs> I'm out of control. I watched Gentleman Jack. What is Gentleman Jack? It's on Foxtel, which I will be cancelling as soon as possible because it's <laughs> so fucking expensive and crap. I fucking hate Foxtel. Anyway. Um, <laughs> it's, it's a Murdoch thing. We hate it yeah. just on principle. Exactly. Gentleman Jack is a British period drama... <laughs> based on the life and diaries of one Miss Anne Lister. Okay. Now, I had never heard of her before. She is considered, this term is weird to me, but she's considered the uh, world's first modern lesbian. Modern Uh, lesbian. She was a woman of means. Mm -hmm. um, So, she owned her own property, um, which luckily was sitting on a shit ton of coal apparently and during that era, woohoo. Um, so she was able to like travel and just like be a bit of like this bull dyke roaming around being like, I'm going to fuck you, I'm going to fuck you, I rule. Um, and it's, yeah, it's about her many love affairs though it focuses on um, one love affair in particular. It's a fucking great show. Okay. I started watching it and I was like, this character, Anne is a terrible person. She's incredibly manipulative. Um, she takes advantage of the vulnerability of the women that she gets romantically entangled with. And it's actually really gross to watch because this is something that does exist in lesbian culture. This kind of, it's like, it's called predatory gay. Mm. Um, and it's kind of this, some lesbians get uh, real validation from being able to have sex with straight women. Sure, yeah. Um, <clears throat> I think there was a big controversy. It's a bit different, I think. Mm. There was a big controversy on YouTube recently about oh, yeah, that a guy. guy who was doing that with yeah. straight men. Yeah, gross. Um, and I think it's something that exists and I think something that needs to be called out within mm-hmm. queer culture because it is really, really unhealthy. Uh, anyway, so that's like the beginning of it. I'm like, oh, this is gross. I don't know how I feel about it. But the show really does take you on a journey and the character evolves and it's... It's really good. So, if you can get your hands on it, Gentleman Jack, I think it's probably on Hulu. Oh, no, it's HBO. It's on HBO sure, in sure. America and I'm assuming the same in, UK, in the UK. Um, so, you'll certainly be able to find it. So, yeah, big recommend Gentleman Jack. And I think it's it's only like eight episodes. So, quick and easy. Mm. Awesome. Excellent. I like it. Gay Watch is a hit. Bring it back, please. Woo-hoo. All right. I'll keep watching gay stuff if I have to. <laughs> I'm forcing you. I'm going to twist your arm. <laughs> uh, only one thing I wanted to bring up, uh, mm-hmm. sort of what I've been watching, I've... Because a lot of the last couple of weeks has been watching E3 stuff. Yes, big video game nerd. I won't talk about that. But besides that, in the background while doing other things, I have been watching a show on YouTube called Dungeon Run, mm. which is a Dungeon and Dragons game hosted by and, and DM'd by Jeff Kanata. 
um, and streamed live on caffeine.com every week and later released on YouTube and is also as an audio-only podcast. Um, there are already a million of these shows. Uh, if you don't know Dungeons & Dragons, tabletop game, big nerdy thing that's had a bit of a cultural sort of renaissance in the last few years. Renaissance? In a way. Or renaissance? A renaissance or a reconnaissance. Or you know, a, the famous a, actress, a, Renaissance. Mm-hmm. A, res, a resurgence <laughs> in popularity because of things like the internet, um, podcasts and YouTube. And then people are just, apparently our generation just likes playing board games around a table and stuff. We do. Every month we, we play a Dungeons yeah. & Dragons game. Uh, anyway, there's lots of these shows, including the very popular Critical Role and Penny mm. Arcade's Acquisitions Incorporated and their many spin-off games as well. <laughs> but what sets this one apart for me is a few different things. Number one... The production values around this show are pretty cool. Mm. Um, they have a pretty amazing set. They've got that robot guy or whatever, don't they? They have an animatronic mm. mind flayer, which is like Enjoyed sort of a that. Cthulhu-esque mm-hmm. like squid person thing. Mm. Who He's like the host of the show, talks at the beginning of the show, during intermission, at the end of the show. Because the shows go for, I think each episode goes for around three to four hours. <laughs> so, you don't really watch all in one sitting. You tend to just watch it in little bits mm. and starts. Um, unless you're watching it live, of course. Um, but yeah, they've got this amazing set. And a lot of the shows I've seen that have done this in the past, they've got a nice set, but it's very like rigid, DM, a few people sitting around the table, maybe four, four, five, six cameras set up, and it's like cut, 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 and everything's very still. Perfectly serviceable, but not all that engaging to look at production-wise. This one is like it's being... It's like a... Or not like, like a sitcom because they're sitting down most of the time, but they obviously have cameras on cranes and like there's a um, a steady cam set up and stuff like that. So there's a lot of dynamic movement. You see the camera swish and move. You see the zoom in. Zoom out. Like there is direction being put into the camera work and the live cuts and edits like it's a sitcom or a, a live variety show or something like that. It's really nice to look at because of that. Mm. So that makes it engaging on that level. They have these ridiculous models set up as well. So not every D&D game needs this, but especially in shows like this, they will like bring out these incredible like turned over towers and move their minifigs through it. Or they'll have them like these giant, like a literal giant Titan thing. And they like got this spiral staircase around it and stuff like that. Mm. So that's pretty cool to look at too. There's really production design put into that stuff. So that's pretty interesting. Another thing that sets this show apart from other ones is there is direct audience interaction. So if you're watching live on caffeine.com, they don't have sponsors per se, but you can pay some money and rather than like paying for the show or a sponsorship, you can actually pay money to influence the game. You can give plays advantage on dice rolls. You can add a positive element to the game or a negative element to the game. That's very clever. And so that's an interesting way Mm. to keep people sort of involved in the storyline and make it... And it's even built into the lore that like... That there is this like they call it the, like the stream between worlds, and like mm. there are these gods that are watching, it's like Mount Olympus. Yeah, 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 yeah. totally. But they, it's like because it's like they call it like the stream, like the chat stream, right? Mm-hmm. So in game they call it this like the stream. Yeah, and like yeah, they'll they'll ask this medallion questions, and they'll get like poll results back <laughs> and stuff like that from the audience. That's cool. Or they will give them things in times of need, or vice versa. Mm. It's cool as well. Um, but for me, above all that, the thing that's got me into it the most has been in the characters, um, notably Ronald Ogden as Ugo the Orc and Katie uh, Michaels as Lily, who is a gnome, I think. And they are very good actors and mm. incredible 
improv- improvisational actors on the fly yeah. who are telling a really emotionally interesting story as it goes along as well. I think you, you've watched a little bit of this and you were a bit turned off by the, f- the women in the show. Um, as I am just in life, women are disgusting. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, so yeah, because I tried to watch it because I love Jeff Kanata. And hearing you speak, I might, I'll try again because that does sound really exciting. And the idea of the model, so I I stopped before they brought out any, like I had little minifigs, but I yep. didn't see any cool models. That sounds awesome. Um, yeah, I think I just found it a little boring that both of the female characters were quite um, – infantilized they would they or like they had a sense of innocence or like what's happening oh my goodness and i just found that really boring like you can't have one badass woman in the group sure that's a bit of a shame and maybe with character development they will evolve into something else but yeah that first episode i was like nah give me a cool female character please sure Mm. i don't think you're wrong about that necessarily they're both uh fahima and lily sort of start off as yeah, quite wide-eyed sort of wide-eyed and, and stuff. Mm. I really like Lily has taken on a very um, leadership role in the group in a lot of ways. She's very mm. she's a very positive character. Mm-hmm. She's very optimistic, but she's definitely a leader inside the group in a lot of ways. Um, and her relationship with Ugo, I fucking love. It's mm. a little bit Beauty and the Beastie, but I don't think it's romantic. Yeah, it's almost mother and daughter, but it's they quite, sit next to each other. They do, yep. and it's it's quite. Liam, I watched my brother a couple of times. He c- was crying at one time. Aww. Like there was, there's been some beautiful moments, and just That's it's nice. the strength of the actors who mm. are doing it are really good. Fahima is yet to really impress me yet, but they've definitely found like she's really enthusiastic about magic and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And you see what makes her tick, and her curiosity and stuff is a real big part of it. Um, and some of the other the other couple of characters are starting to finally show some depth as well. The last episode ended with a really cool reveal. There was like, mm. oh, a character that I didn't get care much about all of a sudden became very intriguing. Cool. Like very quickly. So it's quite exciting to, uh, to keep up with. And I also want to say that I'm a big fan of Jeff Kanata. I've been listening to his podcast work for a while now. And while he's not as versatile as like Matt Mercer is on Critical Role, his storytelling and world is rich and interesting and he keeps the game fun <coughs> and entertaining to watch. But he's also not made himself the star of the show, which I mm, like. Yeah. It does feel... He often just lets... The characters just be them, like do their thing, mm-hmm. and like you might hear from Jeff for a while until they ask him a question. Yeah, and it's like they're just, they're just performing this moment. That's awesome. I re- mm-hmm. I'm really enjoying it. I think it's pretty cool. And uh, if you're into that sort of stuff, worth checking out. I reckon. Don't necessarily start from the start either. Feel free to jump in. Like what, like episode six, I think is the latest one, and like see if now it's developed a bit. It won't mm-hmm. take long to catch on to what's going on. See if you just enjoy. The what they're putting out there, yeah. Because like yeah. cool. like one other thing I want to talk about very briefly, and I want to go into the spoiler room to talk about this because this has spoilers for Game of Thrones. <gasps> All right, let's step in. So here we go. Don't if you don't want to hear Game of Thrones spoilers, don't come in. All right. All right, all right. Now that we're alone, mm. uh, I just want to give you... There's a leak in this room. We should really get that fixed. Anyway, go on. Uh, this article uh, comes from AV Club, comes from Randall Colburn at the AV Club. Mm-hmm. Uh, Game of Thrones' Lena Headey says, just says it, I wanted a better death. Mm. We're all thinking it. Love we all it. want a better death. Yeah. Uh, 
I want to go out in a blaze of glory. Uh, so I'll read quickly from the article. Saying that she's yet to sit down drunkly with creators and showrunners David Benioff and D.B. Weiss yet, she noted that she has a few of, she has a few of her own gripes. One of them, I will say I wanted a better death. Obviously, you dream of your death. You could go in any way on that show, so I was kind of gutted. She wasn't gutted. It would have been more interesting. But I just <laughs> think they could have had... They couldn't have pleased everyone. No matter what they did, I think there was going to be some big come down from the climb. Mm. Thankfully, she's still in touch with her Game of Thrones crew on a giant WhatsApp group, which is, in, which is a daily pile-on. It's hilarious, she added. You can tell who's been drinking on that one. And that really was the reason I wanted to bring this up. Mm. I just wanted to imagine that scenario. It's like, that must be such a fucking interesting WhatsApp like conversation to be a part of. God, if the screenshots ever get out, I'll be spending hours and hours going through them. Oh, it'd be amazing. Imagine <laughs> the things that are being said between the crew and the cast mm. about that show, about people's reactions, about what happened and didn't happen or what they wanted to happen. Oh, man, that would be... I just, I, You'll be dreaming of that tonight. I just wanted to put it out there. Just plant that seed in everyone's mind. Imagine Lena Hetty and uh, Sophie Turner and Maisie Williams. Stop there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> just all piling on um, how that show ended. Amelia mm, oh. Clark. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> that was it. That's all I had. But, you know, we couldn't talk about that without going to the spoiler room, unfortunately. Indeed. Can we walk out of the spoiler room? We can walk out of the spoiler room, sure. All right, we'll go back out. Can I close the door this time? Go for it, yeah. Uh, All right, cool. All right, we're back, everyone. Thank you for listening to this bonus episode of Hunting Seasons, this off-topic, hot-topic episode. We'll be back next week to talk about good omens. In the meantime, thank you very, very very much for listening. We will see you next time. Bye for now. Bye. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great, too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.